0: Enjoy the show, out. Boom. Hey, what's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here with Bravo Research Group, a boutique security, private security company out of Southern California and Executive Protection Lifestyle. Today, I've got someone with us who we'll be very familiar with in some ways, and in other ways, I think you're going to learn a lot about what we're talking about. I've got Jeremy Gray with HESCO, who's joined us today. How you doing out there, man? So, man? How you doing, Brian? I'm good. It, I'm good. It's an honor to have you here with us. Well, thanks uh, for having me on. Yeah, man. 100%. 100%. So basically, um, I guess the way we got here is I ran into you at SHOT Show, and you just dropped some serious knowledge on me regarding armor. And uh, Yeah.
1: I went all fire hose on you. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. But it's good gouge. You know? like, I feel like a lot of people, um, they know armor is good. But they don't really understand like you know how it works, who needs what, if they what they need, you know, and so I want to try and bring bring some light and knowledge on that today. I know yeah,
1: you're- absolutely, we can get all into that
0: <laughs> that's that's what's up man. I do I know a lot of people will be familiar with the Hesco thing just because you know when I was in the sandbox, as they like to say. <laughs> I just remember the HESCO giving me a warm feeling inside, you know, feeling like, Hey, I made it back to base. I'm safe. You know? Um, Absolutely. Get behind the HESCO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I love you guys, man. I've always been like, sweet. We're good. We're safe. You know, we're home. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know. What I didn't know is that you guys are getting into the body armor or got been in the body armor game. Um, right. And that I think is important. Yeah, Hesco, the body armor
1: game is relatively new for us. It's something we got into in 2014.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I, we have a lot of different selections for people to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that people understand how to select the correct body armor for them, depending upon what their job is and what they're doing and the threats that they face.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, starting in the beginning what is your background? The infamous question, right? <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning. So straight out of high school,
1: uh, mm-hmm. I joined the Navy. I was an electrician's mate on the USS John C. Stennis CVN 74. I was actually part of the commissioning crew. So I built a lot of uh, electro hydraulic gear. So all the aircraft elevators, deck edge doors, anchor, windlass steering gear, uh, served on there for four years, basically, took it from shipyard to uh, full duty, sailed it around the world and had a, an interesting experience. The Navy in the precom unit is a pretty rough duty. It's a lot of long hours. And when I got to uh, San Diego, actually, uh, I just, I was tired. I was done. So I got out for a couple of years. That was okay, but I had missed the camaraderie of the military. So, I got married, uh, met a beautiful Finnish woman and, um, you know, we, uh, we trying to figure out our lives at that point. We're both young and I decided, you know what, I'll join the army reserves and I'll try to go to college. So I joined in May of 2001. So I got exactly, uh, one semester of college in before I, we, I discovered that 37 Fox, which is what my MOS was. 85% of them are reservists and as part of the information operations were necessary for any kind of combat deployment. So I got deployed very shortly after that and I never returned to college, but um,
0: (laughs) I say a uh, a different education.
1: I got a different education. I went to war college, but it was actually, so I uh, got to participate in the invasion of Iraq back in 2003, which was an incredible experience there were i don't know whatever it was 175 thousand of us that got to have that much fun interestingly right. enough i was uh, in a army unit that was attached to the marines so i've uh-huh. got a uh, a special love for the uh, marine corps we're yeah. a uh, we're a marine corps combat patch which uh, not a lot of people understand especially coming from the army side of things Heck yeah. so uh, after that i got into i got into distribution And I worked for a company for about 16 years, distributing everything from night vision and helmets to plate carriers and plates. And one of the companies that I got uh, familiar with was HESCO at that point. Uh, And then 2018, they offered me a job and I decided that I needed to, you know, change things up a little
0: bit. So I came to work directly for HESCO. Awesome. Yeah. Man, that's good to go. You got to get in there on the initial stuff in Iraq, the initial push and all that.
1: Yep, straight across the uh, the old berm there with, uh, with the Marines. So it was uh, quite, quite the experience. We did a world tour of uh, Iraq, Task Force uh, Tarawa, Tarawa, and Task Force Tripoli. So,
0: man, yep. that's good to go, man. And I remember, I just remember when I was over there, PSYOPs guys, we were like running around, and we were doing the initial invasion in Haditha and you know, it was my first time ever in combat and it's like nothing like it. And I remember I was sitting on top of a rooftop and we had just literally and uh, like sitting out there at 3 a.m. driving towards the city and all of a sudden like the power goes off, you know, and you're staring at a city and the whole entire city disappears into the desert. <laughs> yeah. and it's like that alone in your like mind is like what this is about to get real like wow yeah it's like oh my gosh yeah there's a whole lot of darkness out there yeah like the whole city went dark and we are we got like skeletons painted on our face we're about to go on ahead in here and get some you (laughs) know what i mean like happy 18th 19th birthday guys you know so exactly and we shoot these APOBS in. And for those of you who don't remember, who don't know, it's like a bunch of grenades on a string. It's like hundred grenades on a string uh, with a rocket attached to it. And it blows this big trench to move all the mines out of the way. And we go in, we do these th- uh, behind tanks, tanks fly down, you know, fly through that trench and kind of proof it for us. And then we all run into the city, you know, screaming and doing all kinds of crazy trash and they bust out with some, uh, we got green smoke and Led Zeppelin and all kinds of hair bands going. <laughs> this happened, man. This is how it was.
1: Yeah. Actually one of the craziest, one of the, my most fond memories was actually yeah. going into, um, to Creek mm-hmm. and we were with the, uh, I guess it was task force, uh, Tripoli. We were with the, the, third lar the wolf pack at that point yeah and we we're going up into Tacrete and the group of marines that had had us attached to them we're in Turtleback back humvees we got oh, zero armor on we're with light armored vehicles and they're yeah. like especially back then Oh, yeah. I mean, we were, I didn't even, I didn't even have body armor. Like, I had, I had no body armor on my vehicle or on me. I just, I had like H suspenders and a whole bunch of magazines and a whole bunch of M203. Ah! That was it.
0: That's horrible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To think about even. I
1: I know now, right? Yeah. Um, But, so anyway, we were going into the creek. And the uh the cap the marine captain comes over the uh the radio, he's like, Hey man, you got any AC DC? And I'm like, Of course we've got AC DC. Yeah, like, go. yeah, so we start playing hell's bells yep. on our loudspeaker yep. system, <laughs> yes. and we're rolling up this main drag into Tekrete, and I mean, just blasting this you know, AC D C. Yeah, Marines on the side of the road, I can see them all. They're they're all doing the wave. <laughs> ah! Uh, Well, I mean, that was cool in itself. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. we got through the whole invasion thing and I brought Mm -hmm. all my guys back home, which I'm proud of. And awesome. Let me see. It was in 2017. I was down in at the Alabama Tactical Officers Association Mm -hmm. and I was doing a uh, it was a class for um, high risk warrant stuff. OK. And I'm helping out the instructors and I'm just there to, you know, offer uh, technical assistance on night vision and stuff and some pointers on, you know, selection of gear and things like that. Yeah. And they, they introduced me and I told them what I did. And one of the guys came up. He's like, hey, man, I was in the invasion and I remember you, up guys. He's like, I was I remember being outside at the creek. And this Humvee came rolling along and it was playing ACDC. We were all jazzed up and I'm like, holy shit, are you serious? I'm like, that was my team. That was, that was my Humvee. We were doing that. So it was kind of a neat connection. It's always neat to meet people that you've actually served with, but you never knew because I mean, it was, there weren't a whole lot of us. I mean, it was a big invasion, but there weren't a whole lot of people, especially on the Marines. Yeah. Marine side. So, yeah.
0: So. man that's a cool story yeah man <laughs> and then i remember once we got in there the moss kicked on it was like you know they're doing their usual like you know yep. lock bar, getting down running and yep. then everything switched and it went to creepy and then we started, <laughs> started hearing like the, the mosque is playing and then you guys are playing like all the you know dogs barking women screaming baby crying snipers and tanks yep, yep. all these like Piano Rabbits Girl. getting murdered. Yes. <laughs> Rabbits getting murdered. And I'm just sitting on this rooftop. Yeah. You know I'm saying I'm like, this just like new little boot. And I'm sitting here and I'm in the green world looking through my night vision. And oh my god. Yeah. Corporal one of my one of my guys, praxis comes up and he's just like, he's like, hey bro, you doing all right, Rogers? And I'm like, I'm good. And he's like, straight twilight zone out here, isn't it? And <laughs> that's exactly how it was, dude. You guys are doing your job. And yep. yeah, man, those folks were shook. They were like, these guys are Satan's children. <laughs> <laughs> like, that
1: was one of the many, many jobs that psyop performed. Yeah. Uh, but it was also probably one of the more fun jobs. So yeah. we, we got to, uh, we got to mess around. We we got to get away from the flagpole a bit and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we operate as small, as small teams. So we're used to interfacing with larger with larger elements and being independent so mm-hmm. that was one of our
0: strengths so yeah that's yeah. real cool sorry yeah, you know. that's all right yeah. that's
1: that, that i know that
0: that was sort of a rabbit hole that we went down but yeah oh, yeah Now we're on this podcast man i'm all about <laughs> rabbit holes man like uh, you'd appreciate that trash there's marines out there they'd be like yeah you yeah hey i might have met that guy <laughs> yeah right And there's gonna be like civilians out there that'll appreciate hearing what it's like i think so. yeah so then, now I guess what do you what are you doing for Hesco?
1: So I am the business development manager for Hesco Armor and for the training range and uh, basically shoot house side of uh, the barriers. Cool. So I I, I kind of wear two hats and I spend about you know fifty fifty on on the armor side of things and also on range development things. So Hesco as a company we have a mission to stop everything. So we want to stop bad things happening to good people. So we stop bombs, we stop bullets, we stop vehicles and we have a whole bunch of different products to do that. So like I said the body armor side of it we got into the game in about 2014 and you know I think we make some of the best body armor that's out there. And I wouldn't have chosen to come to Hesco if I didn't actually truly believe that in my uh my heart.
0: So awesome. Yeah, it's good to go. Tesco stops things, stops bad things. Stop know? everything. <laughs> Heck yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And that, yeah. That makes perfect sense. So I guess we'll start off with like structural stuff just because uh, I know like for me, you know, some of my sites are churches and schools and things mm-hmm. like that that we're securing. Um, right. With regards <clears> to <throat> structural protection, are there like some principles or some ways that you could, Maybe talk about that people can understand to help protect, you know,
1: a facility. you really need to look at the way that people flow into your facility, whether it's foot traffic, vehicle traffic, what are your avenues of approach, that type of thing. And particularly, so HESCO solutions are mostly surface mounted. and that makes it a little bit easier from a construction standpoint it also makes it easier from a permitting standpoint because a lot of times if you have if you're adding permanent things to a facility you have to go to the city and get permits Permits. and permission and Mm -hmm. you know then you have uh, you know people who get all fancy about why are are you trying to harden your facility well because we don't want people to get murdered so yeah you, you know you have to look at the exact facility and and be able to figure out which way that the traffic flows and and when i say traffic i mean people and vehicles so okay one of one of the products that we have is called Terrablock and Terrablock offers you a lot of different options when it comes to moving people in a certain direction and also stopping vehicles terra uh some of the different configurations are actually rated up to 50 miles an hour for a seven-ton truck so, Sweet, fifty yeah, miles an hour for seven. Yeah, f- it's a, it's a pretty serious barrier, and you can get up to uh, four meters in height. Which you know it's a, it that's a that's a pretty tall fence. So right. it's about fifteen feet, a little bit more than that. So okay. So beyond that, so the terablock product actually does not look like Hesco barriers. It's a little bit more refined, hmm. and so it's not quite as overt as the traditional. HESCO barrier that uh, Marines and soldiers are used to. And it's, it can, you can camouflage it a little bit better when you're looking at uh, physical protection from, or a facility. Some of the other options include uh, we have a thing called
0: rock face that you can actually put on the front of traditional HESCO barriers. Oh, so I'm looking at these tear blocks right now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're kind of like, they look kind of like fences, They do, but But, they're all surface mounted. So they don't,
1: they're not quite as intense to put in. So depending upon how deep in the weeds you want to get with it, Mm -hmm. you can put PID system, uh, perimeter intrusion detection systems in, uh, and all kinds of things. And then we also have uh, options for arm barriers. And we have a lot of different options. The biggest thing is that if you're trying to harden a facility, call us up and ask us about it tell oh. what you want to do mm-hmm. uh, of course things are a lot of times driven by a budget if you have a yeah. a lot of times you need to have a budget in mind before you come asking the question mm-hmm. because things can get expensive but yeah. we can usually craft a solution
0: to work within your budget yeah so. solid and what I think I like about these tear blocks is because of the way they're designed, it looks like companies are using like banners and different like shrouds, correct? To make it look so you can more PC or friendly or, you know. Swag. And that's exactly
1: that's exactly it. Um, and there are a couple of unique features about the TerraBlock that, and that is one of them. You can put a you can put a big banner over it, and yeah. it doesn't exactly look like a vehicle barrier. Mm-hmm. But the, the smaller ones are rated for like you know forty miles an hour. So if you yeah. confine your know, your entry points to something smaller and then have those around. You can actually mitigate vehicles driving past, you know, a certain speed.
0: Mm-hmm. So, And then kind of principally with regards to, you know, the barrier game, it's really a lot of kind of what we did. What we've done in some of our facilities is we take a look at the flow of traffic, how things and people are getting in. And then we take a look at where people are going to be congregating or hanging out right, and be most exposed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to,
1: you have to kind of take that devil's advocate point of view and say, all right, if I was going to be an evil person and try to murder everybody in here, what is the best way to do that? And what, what, what approach can I take to do that? So you you kind of have to step into a different mindset when you're looking Mm. at facilities from a whole. Uh, And yeah, if you, if you have particularly places that people are going to congregate, you want to make sure that you, Push out that perimeter protection a little bit further, so that, and then delineate that from where your barriers are, so that people don't get past there. Because, I mean, look, every you know, if you're talking about V the bids, then there's going to be mm. a blast radius. I mean, you can get into all these kind of horrible things, but but you kind you're of really have need, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this is the world that we live in, um, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about some pretty unpleasant things happening to people. So,
0: yeah. And now that, you know, threats are transforming, it's not just a guy, a shooter necessarily. We got knife attacks, we got vehicle attacks, we got fireball attacks where they just find some fire in the facility somewhere and blow up right. a propane tank, <laughs> you know?
1: Right. right, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of horrible ways that people can hurt other people and it's not necessarily just a, uh, a shooting attack. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, vehicles are a very effective way of injuring people. Yeah. because they're big, they're very common, but we have some solutions that will absolutely stop vehicles from getting into your facility where you don't want them. Right.
0: So. Is there anything else that's kind of uh, civilian-friendly that you guys yeah. have? Like, like you know, like a HESCO barrier is like overt, not PC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Do you guys have any other like kind of civilian-friendly looking things?
1: Uh, so, I mean, we, we can do um, full perimeter solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a lot of different options for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, communication is the key here. We can yeah. get into access control and all kinds of stuff like that. So we have a lot of different options that we can bring to the table, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is we got to sit down and talk about it. It's not yeah. a, it's not a standard, Hey, send me a price list type of thing.
0: So. Yeah. Okay. And you, so you guys would do like a consultation essentially. Yep. Um, yeah,
1: our sister company is a company called Guardier and they do the high security uh, perimeter solutions wow. and, uh, Guardier uh, has a lot of different representatives throughout the country and actually throughout the world as well. So awesome. that's when they bring in, that's when we bring in, you know, cameras, mm-hmm. radars, surveillance, a lot of different, uh, technological solutions, mm-hmm. including, uh, access control and stuff like that. So, yeah. We have a lot of things that we can or a lot of options that we can we can uh, bring to the table
0: for yeah the customer no that's awesome because I mean the barrier isn't a standalone you know it's like any good security strategy is you know multimodal and multifaceted you know of course um, so that's awesome that you guys have all of that stuff at your disposal one hundred percent so um do you know anything about like hardening rooms and hardening vehicles?
1: so we we don't really play in the vehicle game yet one day perhaps we'll get into that game but that's a that's a different business and there's mm-hmm. a lot of great companies out there that do vehicle hardening can get into a little bit of room hardening we can press i mean any armor company can press flat panel it's a different solution for us but it it is an option it's but again it's more of a you know what are you looking for exactly and is a composite solution uh, the correct answer, or yeah. it, depending upon the structure, it may be that you know structural steel is a better answer. So, mm. you know, having somebody to consult about that is usually uh, the beginning of finding the correct answer for
0: it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now I say, I think we get into body armor. (laughs) Body armor. (laughs) Yeah, man. Now I want to, because, you know, I know a lot of our guys are doing facility stuff and have projects with, you know, especially right now in the game, in the security game with all these active shooter incidents and school shootings. Right. um, Learning how to harden and secure any place where there's going to be a body of humans is like really, really becoming more and more of a discipline that we have to master. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think this might be an area where you know the marines and like guys that were overseas might have a slight edge because we've been doing it for years uh or we did it for a little bit you know over there and i've seen like you know this is how we make this place really hard to get into if we don't want you to get into it
1: yeah i I think a lot of it uh especially with like school shootings and stuff like that you have to Mm. take sometimes you have to take a look at it all right how do we limit access and Mm -hmm. how do we make sure that a bad person isn't going to get into it? when it comes to armor The armor is a very personalized solution and it is a very personal thing. So one of the reasons why we take so much pride and quality in our, in our armor is because it is, it is sitting on your, your physical body. So we want to make sure that if you're ever in a scenario where bullets are coming at you, that they're going to be able, we're going to stop them uh, and it's going to limit the amount of damage you take to your person.
0: Yeah. I mean, just the responsibility of making a, a device, a plate that stands between someone and, more, you know, mortality. <laughs> like, like Absolutely. I mean,
1: look, we have a great crew at our factory that really takes it seriously that, hey, look, yeah. we're building body armor to save people's lives. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty big responsibility. And th- there are a number of companies that are pushing what I seem to think is inferior products. And mm. all of our products are made in the U.S. And all of our raw materials are sourced from respectable companies. We don't use any kind of foreign polyethylenes. They're all built in the U S and our ceramics are from some of the top ceramic manufacturers in in the world.
0: So So the quality control is like there.
1: It is, it is a very important part of our, of our
0: strategy. The quality. That's awesome because it ain't like, you know, we're buying bologna sandwiches here. <laughs> no, we're, we're not.
1: We're 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 not building bologna sandwiches, and
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, you know it, we're we're going to stop a little bit more than a bologna sandwich. Yeah, man. You know, if I was like buying spoons or something, but you know, it's body armor. This is a big deal. You know, it it is, and that's one of the things that uh, frustrates me is that a lot of
1: times people ask, "Hey, what's the cheapest body armor you have?" Yeah, mm, no, <laughs> you, you're not in the body armor game, dude. You, this is right. this is something that is trying to save your life. (laughs) What is your life worth? Worth, Yeah. yeah. Right. Like what, how much do you want to dedicate to saving your own life? Yeah. As far as I can, I know a lot of times people come up, well, I don't have that much money to have body armor. Well, we have a lot of different solutions. So Mm -hmm. instead of just going for the bottom of the barrel, let's talk Mm -hmm. about exactly what your issues are and what your threat is and why you're actually using body armor. Mm -hmm. And let us help you find a solution to that to that prop we have a wide wide array of uh body armor available <laughs> i mean the the um the biggest thing you've got to look at is what is your threat mm. where are you like what are you using your body armor for yeah so i just answered this question for uh, a guy or i just got into this with a guy on, on an email this morning you
0: mm-hmm. know
1: I get, I get a lot of emails hey i want level four plates yeah okay but I don't think a lot of people understand what level four plates do.
0: Right. So, I mean, like this is where I want to break down. And it's <laughs> right. kind of funny. Cause you're, you know, like you, you essentially just touched the, the infamous security question. Cause we, you sit down with the client and you start to get the feeling that they want to know how much they can get for the least amount. <laughs> right. Like, heaven forbid. Right. And this is the moment where you're kind of like, well, what quality of security do you want? You know, what's really the threat? You know, what do you what do you what do you want to stand between you and possible dangers, or is it just embarrassment? Or what are we dealing with here? Yeah, uh, and it's, it, it, it's the same question. <laughs> it
1: is the it is the exact same question, just phrased in a different way. Yeah. So when when you're looking at at body armor, yeah. So it all depends upon if you're if you're buying it as a civilian for your own personal use or mm-hmm. as a um, executive protection you call them operators? What do you call them? Like bodyguard? I mean, executive how do you protection agents? There's this whole war going executive on. Executive protection agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you're a, an executive protection agent, or if right. you're a law enforcement officer, or you're, if you're just a civilian, mm-hmm. you know, what is your purpose in wearing body armor? So from the law enforcement side, the, um, the national institutes of justice, the NIJ okay. regular certifies what levels of body armor are. There's only two levels. Oh. One Two, two levels. There's level three and there's level four. Huh. So the industry has come up with this term three plus and three plus plus. Wow! And
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it, stuff.
0: it's like being organic. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it,
1: it is. It's a you know, self-certified organic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what the plus or the plus plus means is that that plate is tested outside of the N.I.J. standard. So hmm. Level three plates. Like
0: beyond the NRJ standard? Like Correct. here. So plus let's, plus means we went over and above. Yeah, we went way we, we went
1: way over. We we're
0: like so plus, plus. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
1: So so let's define what NIJ level three is. Okay. NIJ level three is six rounds of M eighty ball on a plate. It has to defeat those with less than forty four millimeters back fit. So almost two inches, which yeah. is quite a bit. Um, NIJ cares about backface. If you talk to other federal agencies, they don't care about backface, but that's, that's what the standard is. So M80 ball is 7.62 by 51. It's a steel, uh, steel jacketed copper plated lead core round going 2,800 feet per second, which is actually a fairly difficult round to stop. All right. And you will find it, but it's not as common as one might think. You'll find M80 as you know surplus ammo. Okay. Um, a military. lot of your 308 Winchester is not the same as 7.62 by 51 just because of the way that rounds are designed. 7.62 by 51 is a military cartridge, whereas 308 is a hunting cartridge that you know a lot of departments use uh, mm-hmm. for their snipers or counter snipers, whichever. Politically correct term you want to use. <coughs> and you got to remember that the NIJ's standard for defeating rounds, is they, they're all military rounds. Mm-hmm. Military rounds are designed to penetrate.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you've got M80, M855, M190. You know, there, there's a lot of different military designations that, that are truly military rounds that are just designed to penetrate. Mm-hmm. And the M80 round is actually pretty difficult to stop. So that's one of the reasons that plates have gotten thicker over the years. A lot of people complain to me about the thickness of a plate. Well, if you have a standalone NIJ plate, it's going to be thicker than a plate that's not certified to the same standard because there's a drop test in it. And they basically take a an 11-pound weight, they strap it to the back of the plate, and they drop it from four feet twice. And then you have to put it on the clay backer
0: and shoot it, and it has to defeat those rounds mm. without, you know. Sounds like a pretty good little litmus test. I mean, it's like they're jamming, they're messing with the product, like that's oh, they are. And there's good. also
1: a conditioning. There's also, uh, you know, there's there's just all kinds of and an immersion test. So there's a lot of different things wow. that NIJ does to certify when you get a certified NIJ plate. Now, once you start stepping outside of those of those standards. Um, that's when you get into your realm of three plus and three plus plus. Our standard level three plates Mm. are uh, like our 3,600 and our 3,800 Mm. are a pure polyethylene plate. So they're very lightweight. And a lot of times people attach uh, weight to effect, but we test our plates outside of the, all of our plates outside of the NIJ standard. And we test them to more than what the NIJ requires. Okay. So our 3600, 3800, yeah. we test them to M193 and 762 by 39 mild steel core, mm. and to 30-06 jacketed soft point, okay. which is a pretty good surrogate for a lot of hunting rounds. Uh-huh. So when we're, the reason I made the point about military rounds being like they penetrate mm. is because hunting rounds are designed to expand and are designed to, as soon as they hit flesh, they're designed to expand (laughs) and create a wide temporary wound channel, which is what actually kills the animal whatever else you're shooting. Mm -hmm. So military rounds are designed to poke right through. I mean, that is one of the problems with the M855, right? It's like Mm -hmm. shooting somebody with an ice pick. Yeah. You got to shoot them a lot of times and hit a major,
0: (laughs) major organ (laughs) until they don't go down. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, so, Actually, they're, uh your tactical rounds that have some sort of ballistic tip on them, uh, jacketed soft points, even some bonded rounds that are actually designed to expand. Armor is more effective against those at defeating those rounds because they're designed to expand.
0: Yeah, their energy probably gets expelled before it gets to the armor. It, it
1: does. It absolutely does. HESCO armor has five different series of plates. So we have our 100 series, mm-hmm. which is all our trauma plates and our side plates okay, we have smart. our 200 series which is our special threat plates so those are the 200 series are plates that are specifically designed to defeat specific rounds okay. so we have pistol plate we have a pistol plate and we have uh two rifle plates in the 200
0: series hmm. our 400 series uh are those ones is, the really thin small ones because i've seen these like dinner plate small plates running around and i'm like I don't know. They're, they're, they're really, really thin. Yeah, and guys are like, yeah. yeah, I got my plates in. I'm like, dude, this is not no, this doesn't count. You like you run around, it looks cool on Instagram. Really cool. Right. right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Great for uh for MILSIM, but not yeah. that's a good... well actually our P two ten is a very, very thin uh light plate that does that is designed to stop pistol rounds. Mm-hmm. So okay. So if it's pistol threat, if that's the game you're playing, probably it then... it, it, oh, it oh. absolutely is. I think the other thing that people need to uh, remember is that you know well we can get into sizing properly but you know plates are designed to stop threats to your vital spaces in your body not not to surround you by protection it's not the uh, the end-all be-all but NIJ doesn't actually have a certification for hard pistol plates so all the uh, 3A is for um soft armor. So there's a there's a different certification for that. So but our P210 is a hard plate designed to stop pistol rounds and it'll stop up to 44 Magnum okay. including the 57. So a lot of people ask about 57 and it it stops the uh the hollow point version of the 57. Moving along in our in our series, we have the 400 series. Mm-hmm. The 400 series <laughs> is a more economical set of plates mm-hmm. and if you break down the the part number or the the model number. So, for example, we have the three four zero one, the thirty four zero one. So that's the level three. So the first number is what level the plate is. Mm-hmm. The second number is the series, and then the last two numbers designate if it's the plus series or if it's the and then what revision it is. So the three four zero one is a mm-hmm. is a straight level three. Okay. from our 400 series it's our because it has a zero there it's our just our level three and the one designates that it's the second revision if that makes sense no. so and then that our 30
0: exactly like everything about the plate in the number pretty much
1: so then our 3410 same way um it would be level three it's our 400 series because it has a one next it's our plus and then the zero means it's our first revision of that. So hmm. the 3410 is our level, is our 400 series level three plus. Okay. This makes and it sense. goes the same way for like 3600, 3610, 3800, 3810, that type of thing, so. Okay, awesome. Yep, yeah. our yeah. 600 series are all um, NIJ certified. They, that's where we combine technology with a price point that is achievable for most departments. Okay, And then you have our 800 series, which is our elite uh, series, which uh, is a, is made with the latest technology in both ceramics and polyethylenes. Mm. And they're a little bit more expensive, but we're revamping our pricing structure. So they're going to be a little bit more approachable for more people. Awesome.
0: So, yeah. And then, I mean, I feel like there've been all these different like discussions about like what stops what, like, 3A, 3 this, like, oh, it's a 4 that plate. Like, right. what are the actual, I guess, levels relative to what they stop? Right. Okay, so we went over the um, level 3, which
1: is mm-hmm. six rounds of M80 ball. Right. So 3 plus is not recognized by NIJ. There's okay. no, they don't care about it. The only thing they want it to stop is M80. When we get into the 3 plus rounds, those are things that the manufacturer designates, hey, we want to test these additional rounds mm. so level four is designed to defeat one round one single round of 762 by 63 apm2 hm. which is the black tip 30-06 the
0: scary ones the scary we were- <laughs> well it,
1: it is a scary round i mean it's designed yeah. to go through an inch of steel at 100 yards yeah so that that's a powerful round yeah but one of the things that is impractical about that standard is that there are not a whole lot of people that have 30 out 6 APM 2 rounds in their possession. Yeah. And also you have to what rifles actually fire those rounds. Hmm. You've got bolt actions, so you've got, you know, bubba with his Remington 700 or if you step into the semi-auto world, you got a Woodsmaster and maybe a couple of other rifles out there it, that shoot 30-06 semi-auto, or if you're getting into the military world, you've got what the M1 Garand and the, <laughs> the, what is it? The BAR? I mean, there's yeah. not a whole lot of rifles that actually shoot a 30-06 cartridge. Very Plus exactly. where do you find the, uh, the black tip 30-06? Now I do have some customers that yeah. uh, are down in the South yeah. and down in Arkansas. They um, had one of the Remington plants down there. So there is a lot of black tip 30 out 6 down there. And it's floating around. Oh, yeah, it's floating around because over years people have, you know, cashed it for themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, Arkansas is part of the, the world of freedom and they don't necessarily like police coming and, you know, getting <laughs> in their business. So they may right. be inclined to shoot at the police with that. So and they can that, shoot. Right. And that, that may be a, uh, you know, legitimate concern down there, but that's why I always ask people, what is your threat? Like, what are you pulling off of the bad guys? Like what Mm -hmm. do people have in your area? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm always stunned at the amount of people that don't actually know what the threat is in the area. Mm -hmm. So you have to know your environment that you're operating. So I, I think from the, police perspective or le perspective yeah probably 5.56 and 7.62 by 39 are your most common rounds these days whether it's sks or ak-47 or you know the the terrifying black rifle the (laughs) ar-15 those are are probably your your most uh common Um, threats to law enforcement so then you gotta ask yourself okay well how do i stop those right what is your, you know, are you worried about green tip? Because green tip is the M855, 5.56 mm-hmm. by 45 with the SS-109 penetrator. In some countries, it's not very common. Here, yeah. you can go to Walmart and buy a 1,000 of them for about 400 bucks. So, yep. <laughs> it's pretty, you know, it's, it's a fairly common round. Mm-hmm. And polyethylene plates, pure polyethylene plates, yeah. are not designed to defeat that round. Okay. So, you have to have an element of uh, ceramic. To defeat the m855 okay and that adds weight so our 3600 yeah the 3600 plate is about two and a half pounds but our 3610 is about four and a half pounds and that extra mm. two pounds comes from the ceramic that we have to add to that to stop that m855
0: so is it does the plate have a ceramic and a steel core or is it either no no,
1: no so all, we don't that- use steel in any of our in any of our plates. Our okay. basic construction is either, when I say polyethylene, I'm talking uh, about ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene. Hmm. So oh. it's uh, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> it's long chains of C's and H's, if you go back to your chemistry class. Okay. That they basically stretch out, and yeah. then they, they weave them together into these sheets. And hmm. then you consolidate those sheets, and bah, it stops bullets. So awesome. there's a number of different companies that put those things together yeah. uh, or a number of the raw materials together. Mm-hmm. And we have our own special formula. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really, you know, like the secret sauce, like yeah. the way that we put our armor together is our uh, unique selling point. It's our, you know, it, that, that's what we do. So when you're defeating lead core rounds, so mm-hmm. seven, six, two by 39 full yep. metal jacket, m one ninety three so five five six by 45, uh, 55 grain full metal jacket round those can be defeated by a uh a pure polyethylene plate so you can get lighter plates uh, yeah. to stop to stop those bullets but once you step into that weird world of uh, the m eight five five and some of the other uh more difficult rounds to stop such mm-hmm. as the 062 by 54 r LPS, which is okay. uh, it's not a common, it's not so common here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a uh, most people are familiar with it with the Mosin Nagant and it's a mm-hmm. bolt action rifle. So you wow. know, it's not you're not going to unless you're a, a, there's a skill
0: set involved in its. There's a action. skill set
1: involved in attacking people with a uh, with a bolt action, bolt action rifle. rifle. And in past centuries, people were really good at it. Yeah. I think these days, most people are probably reliant on you know a semi-automatic yeah. yeah so again you have to look at you have to add that ceramic element in there to stop some of those higher velocity mm-hmm. uh, steel cord rounds so your m855 needs an element of uh, ceramic to stop it the the one thing that people need to remember is that when you're comparing armor mm-hmm. um you have to look at the spec sheet and you have to ask the manufacturer hey what have you tested this to and how many rounds of that will it stop? Yeah. And if they get kind of cagey about that, then you have to ask yourself, well, what are we, you know,
0: what's the what which relative month what kind of company? Yeah.
1: Correct. So any manufacturer should be willing to sh- uh, share their spec sheets with you. Okay. And if they're not, maybe you need to question what manufacturers you're talking to.
0: So. And the spec sheet will just show you straight up. It, how it should show it. you
1: what, Correct. The spec sheet should show you what um what rounds that plate has been has been tested to.
0: Okay. It's like asking to see a DD-214 or, or something. <laughs> Are you really a pet? Or? <laughs> yeah, right. Were you really an O3? Are you? <laughs> I got a guy right now I'm thinking, I'm like. Mm. <laughs> got I'm going to need to see that DD-214. Yeah, right. I was with the SEALs. Uh, yeah. Let yeah, yeah, It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. What would be, I guess, the most appropriate round that you think or, you know, the most appropriate armor that guys that would be, I mean, in executive protection, I mean, you're kind of looking at the same type of scenario as like a law enforcement type plate What Mm -hmm. would be kind of the sweet spot. You think
1: I would say being sold and all that are you wearing it covertly or are you wearing it overtly? Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: we have in our 200 series, Mm
0: -hmm. we have
1: two different plates, which are a little bit more covert. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our L210 and our U210 plates. So, those are both very thin mm-hmm. uh, and they're designed to defeat either the 762 by 39 or the 5.56 family of rounds. Mm-hmm. And when I say family of rounds, I mean all the variations. Yeah. So, our, our U210 will stop uh, M193, M855, and which is not very common yet, mm-hmm. and I only say yet because we haven't ordered a trillion rounds, is the mm-hmm. M855A1. Okay. so that's the new uh, enhanced performance round that the army is beginning to issue uh, and it also defeats the whole family of 762 by 39 so you have the m 43 which is the original round which is a mild steel core version you have the um, m67 which is a full metal jacket version of it you have mm-hmm. the the BZ round which is the armor-piercing incendiary version of the 762 by 39 Okay. And those plates are very thin. So mm. if you're wearing them in some sort of concealable carrier like the, um, the Spiritus LV-119 or NV-119, you can wear it under a suit and not be quite as obvious that you're wearing um, plates because they are really, really thin. So the, yeah. and so this is where you kind of get into, okay, how much is my life worth type stuff? And how yeah. much do I want to dedicate to, to protecting spending. myself? On protecting myself. On so, protection, correct. So the L two ten is mm-hmm. a uh, it's a single curve plate, uh, and it's also it's a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's at a price point that most people can afford. You're going to pay anywhere from I don't know 175 bucks to 200 bucks per plate for it. Mm-hmm. The U two ten is made with a carbide ceramic, so carbide ceramics change the price drastically, and that you're gonna pay somewhere between, depending upon where you purchase it, anywhere from about $660 to about $750 per plate. It also depends on size.
0: And those Uh, are the covert ones that are kind of more low pro.
1: They are very low pro. Like the U210 is like, I think it's 0.56 inches thick. So it's really, really thick. Wow. Is this what Luke has? Correct. This is what uh, Luke has. He he has the U210s, they are, about four pounds for the medium sappy, which is nine mm. and a half by twelve and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He
0: before he introduced us, like the way I other well, way I heard about you was I saw these plates and I was like, "What do you got there, man?" And they were just—I mean, they're small, they're light, yep. and he's rocking them underneath his suit, rocking them underneath his shirt, and I mean. You know, for the executive protection world, you know, very often we're in civilian clothes or in suits. And so we're trying to be kind of more covert, covert right. side of the house. Yep. Um, I do work some details where I actually work exposed. So I get to go over with a lot of my trash too, but uh, that's more site security and things like that. But man, I was really impressed with how small and like those things were. He looked like he gained a couple of pounds. That's about it, though. Like I was like, yeah, what? Well, you got plates? Yeah, it's going to make you. And multiple make... people did that throughout the day. Right. They're like, wait, you got plates on? He's like, yup. They're like, no, you don't. He's like, yes, I do. And then they were like, dink, ding, ding. He's like, you know, like, you know, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, gotcha. and,
1: and that that is what they were designed for. They came out of the ultra low visibility program, so mm-hmm. um, those are those are great plates for that. And you got to pair it with the correct uh, plate carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually the carrier that Luke was wearing was the Spiritus Systems, uh, NV-119. Okay. It's one that they have yet to come out with on a, on a public stage yet, but yeah. I'm pushing them to, uh, to bring it out. They currently have one called the LV-119 out. but, uh, if from the, for the executive protection side of things, you want yeah. something that is not quite as, uh, overt and you can wear it under a suit and that's what he was wearing that day. So. Yeah. He'd be wearing it under button downs and stuff sometimes too. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm <laughs> just wearing, you know, flannel shirt and you can People wear it under this it and nobody would really know that you're having it, uh, that you
0: have it on. So Absolutely. No, 100% it's concealed, completely concealed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty sexy, man. That was pretty sweet. So those are kind of your low pro options that stop uh, most of what's common in our civilian world.
1: Right. Right. I mean, if you have large volumes of 762 by 54 r and or 30-06, you know, coming you. at you, yeah. then you need to stop operating and, and, and move, like, move, like, get out of the way. Because you've got all kinds of different problems. Yeah. And, you know, the, you, you're going to need an armored vehicle to get through that. So Right. Is it yeah.
0: true that dropping your armor does uh, disrupt, like, Uh, its integrity affect its integrity or is that like a wives tale what is that well how
1: and if so So. the the ceramic that most people use in armor is alumina and it is fairly robust however when you think of armor you should probably think of it as a life saving life saving piece of equipment and treat it as such okay so if you spend an entire day on the range and you're just tired and you come in the house and you're just like, ah, fuck it. Bam. That. Throw yeah. That's not smart. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? This is several hundred, maybe a thousand, couple thousand dollars worth of equipment that you're just thrown on the floor. Would you do yeah. that with your rifle? Right. You know, I mean, you're probably not going to just come in and throw your rifle on the floor and be like, ah, I'm tired of this. <laughs> so
0: it's so true,
1: you know, but it, I know how people treat things. Yeah. And that's why uh, we were talking about the drop test mm-hmm. uh, for the NIJ. Yeah. So if you have an NIJ certified plate, it goes through a drop test mm-hmm. and that drop test does consist of it falling on its face. Mm. Uh, we also put edge foam around to protect it a little bit from hitting on its edge. Okay. Um, But you know, th- there is uh armor is fairly robust mm. and it, it's not as fragile as older versions of armor. So when okay. uh, body armor first came out um, you know, or it would be, when rifle armor first became more prevalent uh-huh. and it was just a pure ceramic, mm-hmm. it was more, a little bit more fragile, uh-huh. but with the, with a polyethylene backer on it, if they, um, with the foams that are used to negate that, Uh, the trauma and the drop test for NIJ, Mm -hmm. it, it makes it more robust. So you have to work pretty hard to actually fracture a plate. Mm -hmm. Um, Like some guy was telling me that he, he took the, uh, he took like a sledgehammer to a plate was beaten on it and it wouldn't break. Well, you got to figure a sledgehammer has a pretty wide Wide, surface area Mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're putting that force on a larger area Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, plates are pretty,
0: pretty durable.
1: So he he said he beat on it for a while and then he shot it and stopped everything, which, okay, that's an interesting test. It's not very scientific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if somebody's Stone coming, at, yeah, if somebody's going to come at you with a, with a sledgehammer, mm, maybe you well, need to shoot them before they get that yeah, close yeah, so. yeah yeah
0: maybe <laughs> so, you need to put a little man behind the sledgehammer no.
1: <laughs> yeah um, yeah milk jim man so <laughs> yeah, let's uh, right. and that actually brings up a pretty good uh point too uh-huh. is field testing armor uh-huh. like i i see a lot of a lot of interesting videos on the internet where they basically just set a plate up in a field and shoot it without any kind of backer on it mm-hmm. well you got to understand that body armor is designed to work as a system with your body. I mean, your body is a thing. Like your rib cage yeah. is your natural body armor, right? Yeah. And the plate that you put on the front of that enhances that, your natural uh, body, Structural armor. body armor. Yeah. Correct. And when you get shot, your body absorbs some of that energy. So you can't just shoot body armor in a void. So, it's designed to, and if you get into all the physics behind like what actually happens to ceramics when bullets hit them, mm. there's actually like waves and there's radial things that happen and there's all, you can get really deep into like math and the science behind right. it. Right. But the, the long and short of it is that you have to understand that it's designed to work in conjunction with your body. Yeah. So even though it's a standalone plate, Armor. You, you shouldn't shoot it standalone because it's not actually moving into anything to uh, you you need to have some kind of a backer on it. And we're discussing amongst, amongst the engineers, how to um, facilitate an easy field test without having, you know, NIJs like they shoot it on clay with clay backers. And Uh it's, that's a very expensive setup. Uh, And there's some larger companies that come around and will do shoots for you. And they have clay backers. They have uh, mannequins that you put it on. But there's a few easier ways to do that. But you got to make sure that the plate is fully supported against whatever you're shooting it uh, against. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, then you're creating pressure points and the plate could, it, it's, not a, it's not a fair test of the plate. Yeah. So Yeah, it's not like a true test. It's, not it, true. it's really not. I mean, not right there has to be a little bit of science behind it.
0: Yeah, and so. if you want to truly see the plate's capabilities Correct. You know, relative to what you want to use it for. Right, right. Let's see. I guess, does cost well? I guess I don't know if it's a fair question, but is is kind of mean some of this stuff is more expensive than others. If you pay more, are you getting the same type of quality? Is that a real thing? Does cost um, affect that? I, I would say that it is. Okay. The
1: reason that our bot so the 400 series is our least expensive, and our 800 mm-hmm. series is our most expensive. The difference in cost is the the difference in cost between the raw materials. Mm -hmm. So the raw materials that we use in the 400 series are cheaper than the ones we use in the 800 series, because Mm -hmm. the ones that we use in the 800 series are the top of the line, most technologically advanced raw materials that are out there. And those come with a premium. Uh, There's carbide ceramics and there's alumina ceramics. Uh, Alumina is essentially aluminum oxide um, Mm -hmm. made into a ceramic form. And there's different percentages, and there's different purities of it. And you can mm-hmm. get all down the rabbit holes on what what works better. And you know, everybody's everybody who manufactures a ceramic plate has different thicknesses and has different formulas. And they got their secret
0: sauces. They th- exactly,
1: sauce. they, they have their secret sauce. When you get into the carbides, you have mm-hmm. uh, silicon carbide, you have boron carbide, and you have blends of those two. Mm-hmm. And those are a much more expensive uh, ceramic because. Mm-hmm of the way that you have to manufacture those. Mm. Actually, if anybody were to go to a ceramic, like a ballistic ceramic manufacturer Mm. and watch the process, you would wonder why body armor doesn't cost a million dollars a plate because it is a very involved process and it is not simple thing to, to
0: make. Does, do you get more performance out of these more Gucci materials?
1: Well, that's a, that's a great question yes, you get more performance out of them. Sometimes there's the weight factor and then there's performance factor.
0: Mm. So just like speed and accuracy with shooting, we're trying to find this apex between the two of them. What's most optimal.
1: Right. Absolutely correct. So if you don't have the correct formulation of your, of your ceramic, Mm. um, it's not, you're not going to have as high a performance. And then you also have to look at cost. Like what can the market, you know, what are people going to pay for armor? I I mean, our 4,800 plate is uh, the most expensive plate we make, and you're going to pay probably about uh, 1,200 bucks for it Mm. per plate in Mm. the medium, uh, which is a pretty significant investment. Uh, It's also one of the lighter level four plates out there. Now with that weight advantage, you Uh. suffer a little bit on performance. Whereas it, it will stop one round of that black tip 30 out six. It might not stop. Like we we're on our, all of our spec sheets, we have how many rounds of whatever we have listed there, it will stop. Okay. And a lot of times people ask us why, if this is our most expensive plate, why won't it stop as many rounds of like the M eight five five as say your 4,600. Okay. Well, that is because it comes at that you have a weight that you're trying to get under. And our 4800 is just under five pounds, okay. which is for a level four plate is really, really light. But that's when, so when a round strikes uh, the ceramic part, it fractures it. Mm-hmm. And you can't stack rounds on top of it because, on top of each other, because you have, you know, you have fractures in there. And as the ra- uh, more rounds impact, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're destroying. Are going through ceramic that's already de- already destroyed, mm-hmm. so you have to take practicality. And uh, you know, sometimes you'll have people ask you, "Well, can I stack, you know, sixteen rounds on top of each other?" It's kind of like, bro, if you're standing in one place and somebody's able to put sixteen rounds into yeah. one hole you need to do something different.
0: That's just, that's just uh, paper range shooting theory is what that is. Like no fight. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say no fight because I don't like to use definites except, but I'm really serious. But like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you're shooting, we're moving, we're falling, we're running and jumping. Yeah. The rounds aren't going to stack on top of each other guys. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you also have to realize that when you get shot, there's energy imparted to your yeah. body. Yeah. You're going to feel it. And you're probably going to fall down. You're going to move. Yeah. You're going to move one way, whether you're yeah. moving out of the way or you're falling down because, holy shit, I just got shot <laughs> yeah. and my body armor saved my life. Yeah. Uh, you're going to know it. You're going to
0: have yeah. bruises. It's going to, it's going to hurt. Yeah, no, that's huge. I remember, I, I remember falling off a roof on my, <laughs> falling off a roof in Iraq. And I just remember, Bam, landing on my back and being like, golly, I hope this plate's good. That's why I asked you that question about like, if it falls, are we good? Because yeah. in the back of my head, the rest of the deployment, I was like, am I, is this plate even cool? You know, firstly, thing was my back
1: plate. That's my back plate. Well, yeah. that, you know what? That brings up another point. Yeah? I, I hear a lot of people that are like, I only need one plate because I only <laughs> run towards an engagement. Yeah. Well, I think that's a stupid argument. Because- <laughs> right. Burn them, to, burn them down. Well, and also, I mean, you could get ambushed from anywhere. Do you I mean, have a crystal ball? I mean, you right. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> you know, somebody could pop up behind you and cack off a couple rounds and catch you in the back. I mean, yeah. if you're wearing one plate, then you need to wear two. 100%. I mean, you can debate all day long about side plates Yeah. Uh, and whether or not they're, you know, the added weight is an advantage or a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But if you're wearing front protection you need to be wearing back
0: protection um, and yeah at least you know what i mean right (laughs) absolutely and then if and then if you're wearing protection maybe you need to just wear all the protection i don't know you know that's true
1: i mean do you need you know do you need side protection or what kind of side protection do you need i mean there's all kinds of different things you can go into but if you're wearing (laughs) front plates then you need to wear back plates yeah yeah 100 percent like one plate doesn't just like, get it. It's not okay. No, it's <laughs> That's not, not okay. It's
0: not okay, guys. Wear two plates. Would you say, it, what it, How? where are we at as far as maintenance of body armor? Is there any, like, storage considerations and anything like that, or are they pretty? You know? uh, I mean, it, again, it's pretty robust. Most
1: people ca- just leave it in a carrier, yeah. and that carrier is usually in the back of their vehicle. <laughs> Part of the conditioning test that we do to all of our body armor, whether it's NIJ certified or not, yeah. Uh, is a is basically an environmental test where we heat it up to a certain temperature. And polyethylenes are susceptible to high temperatures, but it's usually in that like yeah 160, 170, you know, and for longer periods of time. I mean, trunks, uh, they could get up that high, but normally the interior of a car is gonna get hotter than the trunk of a car. But if you have a ceramic component to it, you're the, the biggest thing you got to look at is, um, whether or not your whatever it's coated with mm. is whether or not it's actually, you know, if it's peeling off of it. So we wrap most of our plates in nylon, okay. uh, and it's a pressure sensitive nylon. So a lot of t- times people want to wipe those off. We have a, a care and use guide that I'm happy to send to anyone who asks me for it. Sweet. Uh, that, that base that, that goes over the basics of caring for your armor. If you've been sweating on the range all day long, it no. might be a good idea to you know take it out, wash off no. your carrier, wash off your plates. You don't need to put them in the dishwasher. You don't need to like you <laughs> know your
0: plates in the dishwasher. Uh-huh. People then, really do that. That's a thing.
1: No, don't do no. that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't want you know the that stench of the sweat, your body odor, yeah. you know, to get into it. Uh, and depending upon the carrier that you have, you know, you, it may be more susceptible to. Um, other you know to other chemicals but mm-hmm. the, the coverings that we use it's pressure sensitive adhesive and we we cook it on there so it shouldn't be you shouldn't have any issues with uh, mm-hmm. any anything permeating it unless it's a really harsh chemical you want to keep okay. anything away from harsh chemicals again yeah. it's a even here. life-saving piece of equipment and if you do get it really dirty? It's probably a good idea to dunk it in water, let it air dry, okay. uh, wipe it off with a with a damp cloth. Uh, I know, that, like the you've got the uh, JPC that has a lot of that's uh, fairly exposed to the outs, uh, you know, to the outside environment. You got first spear carriers that you're basically it has a thin layer, but sometimes the plates are exposed. Uh, you've also got the um, plate cages out there that are essentially the plate is exposed on that um, on the body like on the yeah carrier. so you just have to be smart about what environment you're using and then where where it comes from so if you're jumping in the ocean and you're using it and you're in salt water yeah i'd probably dunk it in fresh water to rinse it off but yeah you'd want to right. do that
0: with any of your gear anyway yeah it's all gonna should be getting hosed down right um life expectancy considerations is that relevant uh it is a relevant
1: thing. Um and this is this is a topic of much discussion. So most most plates come with a 5-year warranty and that's if you treat your plate right, it's going to last you longer than 5 years. Yeah. Now we are there may be some changes in what our warranty is coming up in and when the next NIJ standard comes out. Okay. But right now it's only required to have five years. And if you look at where, and there's a lot, there's a number of companies out there that have 10 year, 25 year, 50 year warranties on their armor. Mm -hmm. But if you look at where body armor has come in the last, you know, 15 years, Mm -hmm. it's, it's completely different than it was back in 03 when you you were wearing gen one of sappy. So at you know, eleven and a half pounds a piece. <laughs> <Get>, um, <laughs> yeah, get so I, mean, I you, you can now have a plate that's you know about four pounds that does that stops the same threat as the yeah. eleven and and a half pound plate used to. So you also got to take that technology. I mean, you are using your uh, your cell phone for five years, you know, keeping a, a computer for five years. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of technological advances to it. Yeah. Um, you'll probably see the industry. Tr- trend towards a somewhere between a seven and a 10 year warranty. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that, you know, we have discussed that and we'll probably see things changing on it, but as a standard, it's, it's a five-year warranty. Mm-hmm. And your plate should last well beyond that. So the warranty is really mostly for law enforcement. If you're not subject to the same laws that law enforcement is or, rules or NIJ standards that they are, then you can probably use it for longer than that, but it'll be outside of its warranty period.
0: Would you say, because I know we're kind of talking about how, um, kind of in closing, we're talking about how the plates themselves are like, you know, you kind of need to pick a plate relative to your threat level and what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Would you say that there is a, not one plate to rule them all, but kind of a sweet spot Plate for most civilians or people dealing with the, kind of the civilian threat in America. Okay, want.
1: so the my most favorite plate that we build is the thirty-eight yeah. N. So it's a it's the 38 a N. thirty-eight N 3810. <laughs>
0: 381010.
1: 10. Okay, so I was about to say the, November where that come from. Nope. Yeah, it's <laughs> a uh, it's a standalone level three, mm-hmm. and it's about an inch thick, uh, or just. Uh, That's 25 millimeters, 0.96 inches thick. Okay. And it's about four pounds for medium sappy and it picks up just about every round outside of the uh, armor piercing threats. Okay. So it's not going to pick up your 30 out six APM two, and it's not going to pick up your B 32 round and it's not going to pick up your BZ round, but everything outside of those, including uh, a lot of your hunting rounds, it's going to stop, um, to get to our, when we were, testing it for the NIJ, they actually had to bump up to the uh, 300 Win Mag cartridge and barrel set to actually get the velocity that would actually defeat it. Okay. So it's, awesome. it's a great, that's a great plate. And price wise, it's actually, it's less than the U210, okay. but it has a more advanced polyethylene. So it's a, it's a great plate. You're going to spend a little bit more on it, probably in the five to $600 range mm. per plate, but it's, uh, you know, it's my favorite plate. A lot of, a uh, plate, kind of for the most part. Yeah. I mean, even for contractors that are, that are going overseas, if yeah. you have, uh, when our technical people are going and building ranges or doing projects overseas and they need armor, mm-hmm. that's the plate that I put them in because awesome. it, it gives you, it's light enough so that you can maneuver. Uh, but it's, you know, it stops enough things that you can feel pretty safe. That's the other thing is that people need to remember that body armor is, it gives you an edge, mm-hmm. but you also need to be able to maneuver in it. You, yeah. you know, if you're wearing 30 pounds of armor, well, what are you gaining out of that? Yeah. I mean, look, we're all we're getting older. 20, we man. all add a couple pounds, but when you were, you know, 20 years old and you know, and well, I was about 140 pounds. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm 43 and 180. Mm. I know that I was faster back uh, when I was 21 <laughs> years old than I am yeah. today. Yeah. You know, and carrying all that extra weight around is a factor. Yeah. So you have to do that cost benefit analysis of okay, if this is if I'm adding this much weight to my kit Game, yeah, how am I going to perform in that? And it that's another thing that just gets me frustrated is when people uh, say, oh, I, I don't really care how much they weigh. They're just going to sit in my trunk until I need them. It's like, uh, really? You, you're going <laughs> to you, gonna leave this, this critical piece of your kit in your trunk until you're now faced with a critical incident where you have to perform at your, above your highest level to defeat an active threat.
0: Right. I was going to ring in on that. You said it perfectly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I mean, you you have to, not only do you have to train with it, you have to look at it practically. Okay, if I'm I'm going cheap on body armor, it's going to be heavier. So you have to look at, all right, well, maybe I should spend a little bit more money and get something that's lighter that's going to defeat most of the threats rather than getting something that's cheaper. And yeah, okay, it may be a more robust plate, but it's heavy. And who wants to wear a heavy plate?
0: Nobody. No, like when movement is life, you really want to be lighter.
1: Absolutely, you, yeah. You, you don't want matter. to. Uh, you don't want to have it at a couple extra pounds you're toting around just because you went cheap on it.
0: Okay. So. Yeah, not the place. Moral of the story: this is not the area in your game to go to on it. You know what I
1: mean? like, Absolutely not. You need to like. You need to really focus on what is what is critical to your. You know, to not only your life, but if you're, you know, actively protecting someone, protecting else. somebody, then your your principal
0: or the people that you're responsible for. In yeah, one hundred percent. I guess it's like a gun. You know, like if you need it, only only this tool will work to solve the problem, and you need to not have gone cheap on it. <laughs> you <know>? you <laughs> hope you I don't, don't need it. Carrying, if you need uh, it.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're carrying a high power on your uh or what is it Uh <laughs> the uh what is that cheap block high point high point you're not carrying yeah. a high point on an executive protection detail are you <laughs>
0: nope, no no You whip point. that
1: thing out people are going to be like mm, no more no nope, you're done you go done. home
0: go <laughs> yeah. Home. yeah no god bless him no not doing it yeah <laughs> good to go man well that is there anything else you think what you want to get out in the game about armor
1: uh if anybody has any questions you can always email yeah. me it's jeremy.gray at hesco.com I'm always answering questions for people. Um, I'm usually pretty responsive, so send me questions and I'm happy to answer them.
0: Awesome, yeah. Wealth of knowledge, man. I, I, I think I mean this episode's given a lot, and I'm glad it's you know it's recorded so you can go back and listen to it. I'm you know get my game right too. Um, that's awesome. Now, one of my favorite questions: Do you have any daily rituals you do that you believe make you better? at what you better human this is about lifestyle
1: uh i i get up at about four thirty every morning and i i go crossfit okay. i have an hour to uh i take an hour a day dedicated to myself mm. get that blood flow into the brain yeah and i honestly if i don't go and work out I'm like i'm suffering like through the balance. day yeah i am i am totally off balance so I try to make sure that regardless of what other crazy shit's happening to me, that mm-hmm. I take that hour or so to get that workout in and get the blood flowing to the brain and okay. get things get things moving. Cause look, life can be so unpredictable. You can move in so many different directions yeah. that if you don't take at least
0: an hour a day to to yourself you lose it. <laughs> you, lose it. you gotta get that yeah. th- you gotta get that therapy in. That's right. Grounded, man. I'm with you. Release those positive endorphins, you know. That's right. Uh, Put yourself into some stress so that when life starts throwing trash at you for the rest of the next 20 hours, you're not like, oh, no, you know, this is the first time I felt stressed today. You know, it's like, nah, I'm up with you, man. I get up at 4 a.m. Like, you hit me up this morning. We're both yep. getting done with our workouts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so that's good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Stay on that war path. Well, thanks so much for being with us, man. It's, it's well, has an honor.
1: Well, thanks a lot for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that your, your audience has gotten something out of it.
0: So. Heck yeah. I, I know they have, I have for sure. Um, all right, brother. We'll talk soon, Jeremy. Thanks once again for coming on and I'll see you on the, I'll see you around. No, see, you, man. A man. see you later. All right. Later. Boom, and to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what. Helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events, and just expand the contribution to the private security industry, and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. One dollar a month. Five dollars a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executive protection And If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection, uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group, uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executive protection, If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers, And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So, Until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.